Good morning. How are we doing? All right. Well, um, many of you know my name. I'm Jim Boyette. Um, I wanted to, number one, before I got into any message of any kind, I just got to say thank you guys for your prayers and cards and letters and stuff that I get. Um, I don't feel like I deserve it, to be honest. You guys have gone above and beyond, I feel like, just loving on me and my wife and taking care of us. And... uh, I really, really appreciate it, and just wanted to say thank you for, for all that you guys have done. Um, many of you know I got cancer. Uh, I went in on November the 5th to have my second surgery, and they removed a bunch of cancer tumors, little ones, and a couple of big ones, probably 10 to 15 little ones, and a couple of big ones. And um, it was pretty extensive surgery. Wore me out pretty good, but uh, God's brought me through it. Let me be here today. I asked Brian for this today just because of my situation. I know we got several of us with cancer that were, the doctors haven't given me a good prognosis, possibly three to six months, maybe. Um, I figure if God's in control, he can make it last longer if he wants it to. I, I that's all I can say about that. You know, I'm not going to argue with the Lord. If he wants me to go home, I'm going to go. I hate to leave us, my, my wife and my kids and you guys. It's, that's the only reason I'm here most of the time, I think. And that's part of the reason I wanted to give this message a little bit kind of because of my situation. I, I feel like and I'm going to have you turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, if you would. Um, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm just going to hit some highlights, mostly, and talk about a few things. Um, Some things that God just kind of laid on my heart, because I know a lot of us are busy. Uh, We're a part of the ministry. We're doing what we're doing. Um, I shared a little bit of this with some of the guys who helped me move some stuff out in the building a few months ago, and it just kind of really resonated with me that I feel like I should share it with everybody, but I don't know. It may not mean anything to you. Uh, it certainly has meant a lot to me over the years as far as what God's done in my life and how he's allowed me to be a part of the ministry and be a part of what goes on around uh, in this in this church and just to be here. So um, I think with just the possibility of where I'm, where I'm at, I just feel like I've got to relate this. So, so let's pray and uh, we'll talk a little bit. Heavenly Father, I do want to thank you, Lord, for loving us. Lord, I thank you for this church body. Man, I just I can't believe some of the love and the, the, the pouring out of their affections. Lord, it's just amazing. Uh, every time I turn around, somebody's just praying for me and thanking me, Lord, and I just I don't know how to handle it sometimes, but I just do appreciate what you've done. And I appreciate what they mean in this community and the light that goes out from this church body, Lord. I just ask that you would use it. Uh, Take it everywhere, Lord, and just uh, use it for your honor and for your glory. And, Lord, if there be anything in this message that would touch anyone's heart, Lord, just uh, give them time to absorb it and, and to put it into practice, Lord. And I just thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, and I may sit on the stool, so and if, I, if I do pass out, just 
somebody come and grab me and pull me off. But um, I don't know. Brian said he had something in, in, to take my place if he needed to. Um, in, in chapter 9 in 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to start in verse 10, I think. Um, it's kind of where I, I, I broke it down into three different things I wanted to talk about out of this chapter. Uh, but in, in verse 10, and in 1 Corinthians 9, 10, it says, Or saith it, saith he altogether for our sakes, for our sakes no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and that he that thresh, threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope, of, this, of his hope. And just real quick, that one verse uh, talks about our hope. I mean, some of you have planted, you've planted farms. I mean, I, Doug, he plants a lot of corn and wheat and whatever else. What's your hope? Your hope is that it's going to come up, right? And that you're going to get time to harvest it before it rains again so that you can get it off, off the field. Uh, and that's really what I think this guy here with the, the plowing, his hope. Uh, but I think more so with this chapter, Paul's trying to get to us as a church. What is our hope? What are we hoping for? I mean, just like the guy that plants the crops, he's hoping that that crop's going to come up and he's going to make a profit and he's going to do good in the market. But what's our hope? What are we hoping for? And if, if you turn with me over to Romans chapter 8, I just, Romans 8, um, 24. And I think this outlines it a little bit what our hope is. But he says in verse uh, chapter 8, verse 24, says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For when a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we have not, we, that we see not, then do we uh, with patience wait for it. And talking about the hope, our hope is eternal security or, or salvation, right? One of these days the Lord's going to come. He's going to take all the Christians away, and they're all going to be gone. They're leaving. We're out of here, and I can't wait. I know a lot of you say that, but, man, it'd be a great time right now. The way our political situation, everything's going on, Lord, come back, just pull us out of here, and we wouldn't have to put up with this, but we may have to. We may have to put up with a little bit. But if that hope's seen, uh, it's not hope, is it? If I saw the Lord standing here and... and uh, I'm, I'm sure some of the apostles and some of them struggled a little bit, realizing that one of these days he's going to have to come back. They saw him go up in Acts chapter 8, disappear, and they were waiting for him to come back, but he, he didn't return. And one of these days, that's our hope, is that the Lord's going to come and, and take us out of here, take away all of our problems, hopefully. Uh, we won't have to put up with what's going on in this country, uh, with everything, uh, the, the virus and all the stuff that's happening. We'll get new bodies. We'll get all, all the things that we need, and we'll, we'll be in good health, right? That's, that's, that, to me, is, is great hope. And in Colossians uh, chapter 1, if you're going to turn over there. I'm sorry, but I'm going to make you guys use your Bibles if you got them. I'm, uh, I'm kind of old school in that area. But in Colossians 1, uh, verse 23... He says, if we continue in faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature, 
which is under heaven, whereof Paul, whereof I, Paul, am a, made a minister. So we've had the hope of the gospel. It's been preached to every single one of us. Uh, the fact that Jesus Christ was, was uh, died, buried, and, and resurrected on the third day. Uh, that's the hope of the gospel. That's what our hope is. If he didn't resurrect, we might as well just stay home. I mean, according to what the Bible says, we, we ought to just stay home and, and go have fun and do whatever we're going to do. And, uh, but our hope is in the fact that Christ is coming. And we know and understand that no matter if you're saved or unsaved, uh, the Bible does say it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. One of these days, all of us are going to die and we're all going to stand in judgment. And we have to face that. So we are partakers of this hope and we're waiting for this hope. And um, go back to 1 Corinthians 9, uh, and I'm skipping down a little bit uh, to verse 17. He says in verse 17, For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. What is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the, in the gospel. And so Paul's talking about this reward that he has in the gospel. And I think every one of us have a reward in the gospel if we are in preaching the word of God. Uh, one of the things we teach in, the, in our D1 is, is the uh, five crowns that you can receive. And that's part of the reward that here in, in 2 Timothy, turn back to 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy 4, I can find it, Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 4 through 8, and uh, he says in verse 4, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. And that's kind of what's going on today. People are turning away from the truth. They're not hearing. And in verse 5, he says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to, to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but all, to all them also that, do, uh, that love his appearing. And so we, every single one of us in this room, if you're saved, you have an opportunity to receive this crown. It's, it's there for you. There's five of them in the Bible. But we, we, there's a martyr's crown. I don't know that I'd want to wish that on everybody, but uh, there is a martyr's crown, and there's other four, four others that we can get. And that's part of our reward that he's, where Paul says here that Christ's going to give it to him at that day, and not to him only, but all those that, have, that have love the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's, that's part of what we're doing. And, and in uh, verses 5 and 6 in this, in this thing, he says, uh, well, verse 6 particularly, that's what really hit me, uh, from my heart anyway, was he says, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. And that's kind of where I'm coming from, just to let you know. I feel like my time's been. Uh, I just, um, reason I wanted to get up here, one, one reason was uh, to try to encourage some of the younger folks and the young people that are here. Hey, the Lord may not come back for another 10, 15 years. We don't know. Or he could back, come back tomorrow very well. But you're in a race. You're running a race. Go back there to 1 Corinthians 
uh, chapter 9. And this is really what, what I, I got hung on at the end uh, of this chapter here in, in verse 23. He says, For this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. So Paul's telling the church at Corinth, hey, I want to be a partaker with you in the gospel. The same thing that the reason I get up here, I think the reason Brian gets up here, anybody gets up here and preaches is they want to be uh, partakers with you in the gospel. That's the only reason we're here is to share the gospel, tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ, witness to them and teach them the word of God. Uh, and, and he says in verse 24, know ye not that they which run a race all but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. So I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. Uh, he says, but I keep under, keep under my body and bring it unto subjection, least but that by any means... Uh, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And what really got me is this, the run in the race. Uh, I know, I just, I ask you guys, are you in the race? Are you even running the race? I mean, a lot of you are saved, sitting on the sidelines maybe. Maybe you're, you haven't gotten trained to run in the race. And it takes a lot of training. I don't know if you ever, uh, I drove a school bus for seven years with the least on a school district. And I got to go to some track meets and watch the, the kids run, high school kids run. And I was one down in Jeff City. I was watching, and, and there's a girl's track meet. And um, I, where I parked my bus, I was up out of the way. I could see the whole track. I didn't have to get out of the bus. But anyway, when, when you're watching a race, you see somebody, and there's a 3,600-meter race, girls running this 3,600 meters. And this one girl in particular, she stood out like it like a sore thumb, uh, and when she hit her stride, there, nobody could stop her. She was running, and, and she kept running and running, and she had a beautiful stride, you know, long six-foot stepping out there going, and she, was, she actually did lap uh, a bunch of the other girls in the, in the race. And it was really it was cool just to watch somebody hit their stride. But she had to practice a lot to get to that point where she knew what her stride was. She had to work at it. It took a lot of training. Uh, I ran track in high school, made my attempt, didn't like it. Uh, I liked swim team. I was on a swim team. We used to, used to have to swim a mile every morning before school and, and go to class looking like we were uh, high on something because my eyes were beat red and from the chlorine in the pool uh, and then sleep through the first class because uh, we went to school pretty early. But, you know, there's a lot of training. You've got to keep at it and, and you can't quit. And it's the same thing with running the race that Paul's talking about here for the gospel. It takes some training. It takes time to get there. Uh, part of the design, I believe, that we have with discipleship, discipleship one, uh, is, is the basic, getting you trained uh, to teach you how to, how to even run or how to pick up your feet and move or where you're going to go, what you're going to do. Uh, some of the basic principles that back when I first started, um, excuse me, the 15 principles that, that we taught for how to study the Bible. Um, man, I had to get those down to help me uh, know what the Bible says. If I didn't read them, didn't remember them, didn't keep them in my mind, I've got them written in the front of my Bible so I can always refer back to them and, and make sure I know what they say. 
Uh, I have to repeat that over and over. One of the things that we've heard for years, um, the price of learning is repetition. You don't learn anything without repeating it. You've got to repeat it over and over. Even, even with discipleship. When I'm discipling somebody else, basically I'm, I'm relearning, putting down some of the basic principles that I should know and re-putting re, re them into my life and taking the time to do that. But hopefully, as, as a, a discipler, I'm teaching somebody else how to get in the race, how to run, and, and what to do to run that race. And I think what Paul's here, he's given us the, the idea that, you know, we have these corruptible, incorruptible crowns that we can inherit, those five that I mentioned earlier, and, and we, can, we can get those. Uh, if you're running a race today and you're out here, uh, you're Mario Andretti racing at your car, all you're going to get is a corruptible trophy, right? It's going to melt away. It's not worth anything. But the corrupt, incorruptible crowns, the ones that we can obtain and, and the rewards that we can, can get are going to last for all eternity. And just a little bit like Paul says here, he, he wanted to have the, he says in verse 23 there, he says, for this I do for the gospel sake that I might be partakers thereof with you. You know, part of that is with us, each one of us. We have to think about who, are, who do we affect uh, in our walk or in our race that we're running. You know, you got to hit your stride. You got to pick a place and find out where you fit and run it and stick with it and don't give up. But most importantly uh, is the training that you've got to have. We don't, I mean, you guys that have been in the military, um, my dad was a drill instructor for six years. Every day he'd go off and he'd train troops uh, at Fort Leonard, Missouri. And um, that's what he did. But it was, he repeated the same thing over and over every day. Took those guys through whatever they needed to go through to help them learn how to be good soldiers. And the same thing with any military, you've you got to go through that. You've got to go through training. The same thing with being in, in the, the God's army. Basically, you've got to be trained. You've got to take the time and, and learn how to do that and spend time. To, D2 is kind of a step up. It's for those that are interested a little bit more and, and want more. And, and going on with HBI, sooner or later, if you feel like God's leading you to move you to, to go out into the, into the world, uh, you need to get into that. If not, even if you just to be a leadership and ministry. But I just wanted to encourage you guys today to think about are you in the race? Or are you sitting on the sidelines? Um, I'm not a football fan by any means. I, I, I'm not a real enjoyable of that game. But um, sometimes those guys play football and they sit on the sidelines for years and never get to, even professionals never get to get out and, and play. Uh, they practice and practice and practice every day. They've got to be at practice all the time. It's the same thing when, when uh, you're running a race. You've got to, be at, you've got to practice. I drove trucks for 25 years. That's what I did for a living. And, and I, not bragging by any means, I was good. I knew how to drive a truck. I could park it anywhere they needed it to be parked. Uh, but it took practice. It took 25 years for me to get that good. And, and if I'd have kept going, I probably would have been a lot better. But uh, it takes a lot of practice every day. And, and, and that's the way I looked at, the way I look at discipleship for me, when I'm discipling somebody, it's practice for me to, to Go over and over and over. And I don't mind going over and over. I, I need that. As, as That's just my type. I am. I need to have 
hands-on touching it and, and doing it. And the same thing with the Bible. Uh, you know, those 15 principles, knowing what the context is, knowing who's the Bible talking to. Uh, once you start learning all those things, uh, the seven mysteries in the Bible that we, we teach in D2, uh, the, all these mysteries that are in there, they answer every single question we have today as far as I'm concerned. Uh, any of the problems that we have going on with our government, you know, the mystery of iniquity uh, in the Bible tells us that, hey, right now, this political situation and everything that's going on has been being orchestrated from way back when when Paul wrote that in Second uh, Thessalonians that, that hey, this is... This political system's corrupt, and it doesn't matter which side you're on. It's corrupt. It's not going to be any good until the Lord Jesus Christ comes back and sits on his throne and reigns uh, for all eternity. And, and that's the only way it's going to change, and it's going to get any better. But I just want to, again, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to, I want to stir you guys maybe to get up and get into discipleship if you're not already in discipleship. And if you are, stick with it. And then uh, go out and find somebody else to disciple. Uh, exercise, uh, continue to do that every single day. Uh, that's the only way that I know how to do it. Uh, you got to get in your read your Bible. you got to study every day. got to go through it. Um, I had to go through D2 a, a dozen times, it seems like, for me to, to remember everything that, that's in that and, and keep it straight in my head and take time to learn it. Uh, but through that, God showed me some things and taught me a lot of things. And, and because I had to go go back and do it over and over and over. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I like the details in the Bible. That's what gets me, the way things are written and, and the words and stuff. Um, so I just ask you to pray about where, where you're at in this race. Uh, Paul says here to, in, in, um, um, in verse 24, Know ye not that they which run in a race all... Uh, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. In the, in the physical world, every, the only one person is going to receive the prize. But for all of us here, as Christians, we can, each one of us, obtain one of the five crowns, or all five of them, for that matter, if you want. But you just have to go after it. You have to go after that prize. You can't sit on the sidelines and do nothing and, and expect to get paid for it you know somewhere along the line you've got to you got to get out and you got to go and it's scary i'll be the first one to admit it scares me to death to try to witness to somebody try to share the gospel uh, it's not a natural thing for me it's not something i like doing uh, I, i'm not a soul winner by any means but uh, once somebody's locked in and they've started talking it, it changes I think the Holy Spirit just kind of makes a big move and, and starts using you. And sometimes we don't realize what he's doing. So uh, look around you. There's people that need to hear the gospel, need to hear the truth. People that need to be discipled and, and trained up so that they can continue the run of the race. My race is about to end. You know, I don't know when. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe 10 years from now. Who knows? But... I want to encourage you guys to get in that race and run. Find out where you fit. Not everybody's going to be the pastor. Not everybody's going to be a deacon. But there are a lot of things you can do. You can teach in the Sunday schools with the children. They know less than you do most of the time. It all depends on their parents, I guess. 
depends on those parents, what their parents have taught them. But some of them are pretty smart, and they remember stuff pretty good. But that's a time to, to get the seed planted in them and get them growing and get them pointed toward the gospel. So I really don't have much else to say. I just wanted to thank you guys. Uh, wanted to encourage you guys in a race. Um, I love you guys, too. You, you've been more than I deserve, I can tell you that. I'm going to tell you one of my stories real quick. Um, this last time that I had, November the 5th, I went in the hospital for, to do the surgery. And uh, it was at St. Luke's on the plaza. And one of the nurses, her name was Savannah. You can pray for Savannah. She's not saved that I could tell. Uh, but she was, she was just there all the time trying to, take care of me and it was really kind of cool she's probably in her late 20s or mid 20s somewhere in there and I did get to share a little bit with her but she was she just kind of shut the door real quick so but um, I was taken well care of at the hospital the last this last time I was in uh, a couple weeks ago uh, up at St. Luke's East um, I was having difficulty breathing I have blood clot in each of my arteries going into the lungs, the main artery. But anyway, I got to my room finally that afternoon, and a young lady named Kelsey uh, room, she was waiting there for me and got me all situated. Started talking and and uh, found out she's saved. She's uh, started, she asked me what my situation was. I shared it with her, and she started crying. And I just told her, I says, you know, God's in control. He's got, got it all figured out. So she's um, probably in her 20s also, somewhere in there. But um, she sat there and said, can I pray for you? And that was pretty awesome. I don't know about you guys, but a total stranger that I didn't know. And she just, a young lady that wanted to pray. So I, she prayed for me, and then I prayed for her because in her situation, she Four doors down from me, there was four COVID patients, and uh, so they have to be careful and watch what they're doing. But Kelsey was kind of the cool, or she was kind of cool. She found out that her parents go to KCPT. <laughs> so it, it was kind of, kind of one of those God things, but it was good. I think sometimes we don't realize when we're running our race, you know, Savannah was an opportunity for me to share the gospel. But I also think for Kelsey, it was an opportunity to encourage her and lift her up too a little bit. You know, praying for me to get to get healed, and yet she's—I uh, didn't just tell she's really distressed because I know when I was 25, 24 years old, 30 years old, um, I was invincible. Tomorrow would would come, and I didn't care how it came. I just tackled it. Today I've been a little bit more gentle, uh, not to worry about it. Um, but I've lived my life that way all the time, not worried about what tomorrow brings. I figure the Lord's going to take care of me and take me home when he's ready. And one of the things I wanted to say, <clears throat> I remembered, um, I was a quitter before I got saved. I don't know if you understand what that means. But I tried different things in, in school, like swim team. 
I was on the water polo and swim team in high school, ran track, but it just didn't appeal to me. Um, I don't know, I guess because of the age, the day and age that I grew up, it um, wasn't cool to be a jock. It was better to be a hippie or one of the other people. Uh, and then I was also in the Boy Scouts. And uh, I say quitter but just simply because a lot of things like that I did. Um, I was in the Boy Scouts, had everything, had all the merit badges, had all the letters. The only thing I had to do was go before the board to receive my Eagle Scout. 16, 17 years old at the time, and I just didn't see the value in it. Because this isn't really good for me for anything. I just would quit. I'd give up. And the same with, with running track. I, I ran it. You know, I wasn't the best in the world. I wasn't, uh, wasn't the worst by any means, but uh, just like, oh, this is really not profitable for me. I don't see anything in it. I don't see any value in it. Uh, the same thing with the swim team. I swam swim team, and I enjoyed it. Um, but I just didn't see any profit in it. Well, after I got saved, though, um, I think God changed that attitude in my life and wanted me to run and run my race as hard as I could. Um, discipleship one really helped me to get grounded. Uh, discipleship two did, you know, was kind of uh, there. And then I went into shepherd school and uh, I was getting ready to go into my third year, wasn't it? Getting ready to go to my third year. When I went in, shepherd school was only three years long. I thought, oh, great, I've got it made to go one more year and I'm done. Uh-uh. They had our meeting and, and the pastor said, no, we're, we're going to extend this to a four-year deal now. So those of you that are getting ready to start your third year, you're going to have to go for four. I went home, I was mad. <laughs> I told my wife, says, I'm quitting. That was easy for me to do, just quit. I mean, I'm, I don't remember, I was 35, 36 years old when I worked on a 60-hour-a-week job. Uh, that's a lot of, you know, studying for, you guys know, studying. I wasn't, uh, I didn't graduate top of my class by any means. Uh, I was probably down there in the bottom somewhere. <laughs> but I got a certificate and I graduated. You know, they always say, what's the difference between a, 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 a C lawyer and an A lawyer? Nothing. They still have a diploma. They, they still practice law. But God allowed me to, to make it through that. And, and one reason I have to say is my family, my wife, she didn't let me quit. She wouldn't let me quit. Uh, and that was hard because I, I, it's just easy to quit. But being with the Lord and being in, in God's word and, and learning what I've learned over the years, I don't want to quit. And, you know, seeing some, like Tyler, he, he's here today, and I didn't expect it, but and Jason and you guys, see you guys go through D1 and then go through D2 and see you go through HBI and see God work in your lives and watch the change. You don't know what that does for me. I know it does something for Brian all that work pay out and uh, I think if I would have quit I wouldn't have got to see that I would have missed out I'm working in the gospel with these guys and seeing God work in their lives I'm seeing some of the younger ones coming up Mitchell and you know, you've seen you guys change and see God doing the work 
like Paul says, that's my reward in, in the church is seeing what God's doing and to know that it's real. And if, if, I, hadn't, if, I, if I had not given up, I'd never seen that. I would have missed part of that joy. It's almost as good as watching your kids grow up and seeing them go out and have families and, and do their thing. Uh, they come together. That's the exciting part. That's the best part. And seeing what God's doing in their life. So I just want to thank you guys tremendously. I pray that you're getting in the race. If you're not in the race, grab a hold of Brian or whomever, uh, Jason, Bob, all, any one of us, and say, hey, I need to get trained. I need somebody to take time to disciple me and teach me the word of God so that I can run and continue to run. And it doesn't matter how old you are. God doesn't, God doesn't care about that. He's ready anytime you're ready. He wants to take you and train you, the word, train you up in the word of God and get you to the point where God can use you for whatever needs to be done. I've always had that philosophy in my life is just to say, Lord, here I am. Take me. Do whatever you want to do. I'm not going to argue. I did that once, and I'm not going to do it again. So, so just I want to say thank you. And uh, Brian, if you want to close up. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. That was really good. And that was real. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just touched um so much by um the Lord and his goodness to our church having men like Jim and Randy and what Jim just said is so true you guys are the crown of rejoicing I haven't been this emotional in a long time. I don't. I'm a little overcome, so forgive me for that. I uh, I uh, had all kinds of things and thoughts in my mind. I think it's just the moment that we're having here uh, is kind of taking me back for a second. So, Jim, I appreciate your your words and I appreciate your faithfulness to the Lord. I appreciate the Lord Jesus and the opportunity we've had today to have an uh, exhortation by uh, Jim and and. Uh, uh, brother Alex earlier and it's just a it's a poignant moment what a, what a bi- basic biblical charge you know and I was thinking about well really I, I'm going to share with you why I'm touched a little bit from the word of God I'm not going to I don't mean to delay everything but uh, but in Hebrews chapter 12 uh, the Bible says wherefore seeing we also have our compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight 
and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, uh, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Have ye not resisted unto blood, striving against sin? And have ye forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children? My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. He then endure chastening. God dealeth with you as with ch- uh, uh, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? And then he goes on to say, If you be without chastisement, whereof are you all partakers? Then are you bastards and not sons? And and the, of course the text goes on. And I pray that everyone in under the sound of my voice this morning is a son of God. You're a child of God. You have a personal relationship with Christ, and and you can understand the context in which uh, Jim is just speaking regarding our need to run our race and finish our course. Uh, man, all the details that he laid in there with discipleship, discipleship to HBI. I mean, Jim, you hit everything. And uh, I just appreciate the word that he brought, and I appreciate his testimony. I appreciate uh, all the men and women in this church, uh, regardless of what your station is officially. Uh, you're all running the race, and you're all part of the race. And, and what was really poignant to me that I just want to thank Jim for bringing out is that illustration at the beginning when he's talking about uh, being on a bus, sitting in the bus, overlooking a track, and he looks out and he sees this gal striding, just sticking out head and shoulders above the rest of those runners. And uh, that's really what struck me. That's why I was emotional. Because we all know it won't be long. If the Lord doesn't come today, which he may, get done, he may come before I'm done, but if he doesn't, it won't be long, and it could be that my, our brother Jim's going to be watching us from the third heaven with, with the Father. And he's gonna, and he ain't going to be here. It'll be us running the race, finishing the course. That's what gets to me. He's been a good friend and a good, a good co-laborer. As well as Randy and all the other guys, all the other pastors and all the ministers of the church. And, and so it's, it's touching, isn't it, to know that, you know what, God's going God's gonna to leave you here. And that's what discipleship's all about. Brother Alex also just talked about it. And it's about us running our race and finishing our course and, and doing the thing that we're supposed to be doing in the absence of of um, the Lord Jesus Christ himself physically. He's left us the word of God. He's left us the church of God. And he's left us the spirit of God. And frankly, that's all we need, isn't it? And so I do pray that we take to heart the admonition that the Lord Jesus has brought to us today uh, through Jim and that uh, we simply do what he has called us to do. And that is to uh, be disciples so that we can make disciples. And you can't be a disciple if you're not following Jesus. If, as Jim said, if you're not in the race. And so maybe today God is calling you. Maybe he's calling you to salvation. And he needs you to, to answer that call. You can't be in the race if you're not on the team. And uh, today maybe you are one that has come to this church and you've heard the gospel preached. Or maybe you haven't. Maybe you're just understanding for the first time that there's a lot more to this Christianity thing than just showing up at church. 
There is. It is not about showing up at church. It's about knowing Jesus Christ and him crucified. He's alive today, and he wants to have a personal relationship with you. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to meet him in a personal way. And so I just want to extend an invitation if you're in the, in the house or you're online, if you're watching us and you're wondering, what is all this about? It's about a living Savior, Jesus Christ. He came to this earth. He died on the cross. He rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And he's alive right now, and he wants to indwell in everybody that will call upon his name. But you've got to believe that he is and reward them that diligently seek him. You've got to understand his mission was to cure us from sin. Uh, Jim's going to get a new body. He needs one. I need a new body. You're going to need a new body because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We need, we need what Jesus has, and that's eternal life. And it only comes through his blood and through calling upon his name. So if you're here this morning and you need to make a decision to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I can't compel you enough to make that decision. It's the most important decision you can ever make. It affects everything. It affects your station, not only in this life, but also in the next. Uh, because this, your life begins when you trust Christ as Savior. Like Jim just said, it changes your life. It took him from being a quitter to a conqueror. He's more than a conqueror. So he's staring down death, and he's like, no problem. Why? Because he has hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. He knows the Word of God is true, and he knows that when he steps out of this body, he's into a more glorious situation. He's like, man, probably going, why did I wait? So uh, he's got a lot to look forward to. Uh, but in the meantime, we got to keep running our race, and we got to finish our course. And you're never going to run the race if you're not on the team. So this morning, if you're not saved, I want to invite you to know Jesus Christ as Savior. Let's stand together in a word of prayer, and we'll conclude this time. We'll transition to the Lord's Supper with heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe, too, as we do prepare for the Lord's Supper, if you have a, a young one that is needing to participate, they've been born again, they've been scripturally baptized, and uh, you want them to, to uh, be a part of the Lord's Supper here in just a few moments, uh, this would be a great time to uh, go grab them and, and bring them in. Uh, if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord as Savior, I want to start with you. Just, hey, would you say, Brian, I, I need to be saved. I would be a fool not to offer that invitation this morning. Anyone in, the, in my left, in the middle, in the, in the right? There really hadn't been a salvation evangelistic morning, but I always like to offer the gospel to anyone that will receive it. We've had a lot of people make decisions the last few months. A lot of people watching online, a lot of people even here in the house that are coming in and out. they got a lot of fear, a lot of questions. They need Jesus. That's the hope. That's the salvation that we need. And so if you need that, come and find me. If you're here this morning, you're like, Brian, I, need to, I just need some prayer. I mean, I'm here to pray. But I'm not your priest, but I'll pray with you. Amen. Well, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray for your church. I pray, Lord, that our hearts are, are ready to receive the Lord's Supper. We've been talking about it. I preached on it last week even in, in preparing through Malachi to be prepared for this day and this moment. Lord, thank you for uh, just the strength that you've given uh, Pastor Jim today to get up and preach the word as he ought. And uh, Lord, to encourage us and exhort us and uh, stir up our pure minds to run our race and finish our course, knowing that Jesus has ran the race before us and he is watching over us as Jim was watching over that, that gal running the track race. Lord, may we hit our stride. May we not quit. May we be faithful. Uh, Lord, if we have quit, Lord, I pray you would encourage your saints this morning to go forward in faith. Lord, we are partaking of the Lord's Supper here in just a few minutes. And Lord, I pray, God, if there's anyone with anything on their heart, maybe they need to walk the aisle, they need to come forward and meet with somebody and get some